Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is Milo. What's up, y'all? It's uh, it's getting very close, Milo. It's the end of this month is is our first preseason game. And I believe that our training camp starts for the Utah Jazz on the 24th. But they've already started scrimmages at Zions Bank Basketball Center. Uh, Donovan Mitchell last night sent out a tweet that nearly made me cancel this podcast today. He retweeted something that said, oh, by the way, open scrimmage for the team today. Feel free to come and watch anyone who wants to at one o'clock. And I was like, oh, I guess I know what I'm doing tomorrow. But that was in Louisville. So that almost that uh, Donovan's already given me a heart attack. I'm so ready for basketball that um, I will so believe any silly. tweet. I and it's exciting. So you were going to go out there and get clowned. You were going to put up, put on the Jordans, go get clowned was... by, by Donovan Mitchell out there. So I think there's like a famous or kind of infamous jazz fan on, on Facebook, uh, Facebook, jazz fan pages um it's kind of like in uh in the lion king where uh where he says that is uh facebook facebook jazz fan sites you must never go there <laughs> but if you do venture if you do venture into that realm you'll get to know a guy named uh i think his name's travis bird and uh i almost travis birded it and waited outside the the parking lot and just <laughs> filmed them as they drive into practice <laughs> But that didn't happen because that's in Louisville. But Donovan's going to come back. Happy birthday to Donovan Mitchell. Ha- uh, I believe it was yesterday was his birthday. 22 years old. Yes. And 22 so, years old. And, ha- and, and to this day, no NBA player has scored a point on Donovan Mitchell on his birthday in a game. Nope. He has uh, never been scored he's on. Held, uh, held, he's never been scored on. Held all of his opponents scoreless. Best defensive rating on his birthday in NBA history Greatest of all time. You can't say that. Like uh, just last year, uh, LeBron had Donovan Mitchell uh, throw down on him multiple times on his birthday. So yeah, mm-hmm. game set match checkmate, y'all. Also, a big congrats to everyone who decided to pay forty dollars to um, because they can't wait four days for two K nineteen to come out and to play a game What's that up? doesn't. That doesn't know how to rate Utah Jazz players. I believe that Ricky Rubio is still a 77. And see, see, I, so I'm, I was playing it last night. The, here's the key. Um, they they didn't rate his mid-range game very high. And this is what I don't get. His hustle rating was like in the 50s. Yeah, that's... Uh, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is like all hustle. I think, that's all he does. One thing I think they struggle with is actually knowing what they're talking about. And you know, you would think that um, for a whoever is in charge of that, 
you would think that they would be able to get it right when that's literally the only job that you have is to do that. And for some reason, you can't. Why don't can. you just have one dude whose job is like to like you have a bunch of guys who watch every single team, just to have thirty dudes, and then they they come in and then 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 you bring bring it in, then you just have then you have some unbiased people and blah blah blah. blah. But wow. but man, it, that was criminally. Uh, Derek Favors, I'm I'm okay with his rank, ranking at like a seventy nine to be honest, because it's like he's more of a backup center than a power forward. And then once you put him out to the perimeter, like it is is rough. One thing that is really bothering me, I played it last night. Joe Ingles on fast breaks does not run out to that corner three position. He runs into a long two uh. in the corner. And I'm like, dude, just take like three steps back. Just three steps. Like it's bothering the crap out of me. Like it, the play is there every single time as we're like on a fast break. And he's just like, well, whatever. I'm just going to take this long too. And I'm like, that's not the Joe Ingles I know. So they, and uh, they didn't get Joe Ingles right. Apparently they didn't get Ricky Rubio. Uh, but fun game from what I hear. Is it fun so far? It's Have a lot of fun. Is it cool? It's a lot of fun. Um, Best changes so far is, it felt like last year you couldn't play perimeter defense because you got burned on almost every play. Mm. Um, it was really easy to beat your man and get get to the paint. All you had to do is really just hold turbo and just uh, force your way. Mm-hmm. Um, this year that ain't gonna happen. It's really cut off. So you have to run. You gotta run your sets, man. Gotta really? run your sets. So well, that's yeah, cool. it's not bad. It's not bad so far. Uh, so uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be putting a review up on the site here soon. Ah, my jazz centric. That's a good it's, idea. It's good, it's good. Hey, got to get them clicks. By the way, everyone, listening, get them clicks, I hope man. you are going to the SLC dunk every day. You should be because yes. if you would have gone to slcdunk.com, you would have seen that Taven put up our, and we do this every year now is we rank the jazz players. Um, who are going to be the most important jazz players for this season? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go through from 17 to 1. I was forced to have a 16 and 17, but we're going to do it. And I just wanted to take this moment to remind you that we find out. Uh, the, I guess we could go through last year's or are we not worried about that? I, I found my list from last year. <laughs> I, I, I just found it. <laughs> I don't have okay. mine. <laughs> I just remember so that here's, was... here's my list. This is by pure accident. This is pure accident. So um, I just searched Joe Ballenboy in like my, my Apple Notes, uh... <laughs> and it was the only only thing that Joe Ballenboy popped up on. <laughs> so here it is. Here's my list from last year. So here's what we're gonna do today. As we did last year, we ranked all the players from 17, so even the two way players, to number one. Okay. And so. And so we were ranking who was the most valuable on the squad. And it's, it's so crazy to look at this list now. So here's, here's, here's the list. So my list was 17, Joe Ballenboy, who we was cut. Eric Griffin, who was a two-way player with Utah. And he, then he ultimately got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, and, and George Ace Niang and Nas Long were the two, two way players by the end of the season mm-hmm. who survived. Then you had Royce O'Neill 15. That didn't age well. <laughs> um, 
Howell Neto at 14, Tony Bradley at 13, had Alec Burks at 12, uh, that aged well, um, Jonas Jerebko at 11, Ekbe uh, Udo at, um, at 10, have Dante Exum at 9, Tabo at 8, here's a crazy one, Donovan Mitchell at number 7. Mm-hmm. I had Donovan Mitchell at number 7, and even then I was like, man, are we hyping this kid up way too much? We put too much on his shoulders. Joe Ingles at number six. Joe Johnson at number five. <laughs> Derek Favors number four. Ricky Rubio number three. Rodney Hood number two. Rodney was. Oh the- my god. Rodney was, was the guy. And Rodney at number two. Rodney at number two, and then Rudy Gobert at number one. Uh, but Rodney, man. Oh, geez, he's he doesn't even have a team. He, he, he's getting a qualifying offer this year. In China. Uh, well, he's going to take the qualifying, I would think. Uh, but you would hope so. Uh, but but at the same time, it's like, dude, he might get offered more money to play in Europe or or China, and he might just take that money. Really rough. Uh, oh, my, list, my list was very similar. I had Royce O'Neal. Uh, I mean, around eight or nine, I remember. Uh, that was my little claim mm-hmm. to fame, but um, I'm just looking at our SLC dunk list from last time. Uh, I had Joe Johnson pretty high too. Man, he fell off a cliff. Rodney Hood, um, he did. Rodney Hood fell off a cliff. Uh, Joe Ingles honestly was low at five in a way. Uh, really, I, I wish I had my list. I don't have. It. I had a number six. Yeah, I had a number six, and he turned that. He turned out to be a huge, huge. Took another like, leap. I would dare say, which was yeah. I, I dare say, like he and Ricky Rubio were b- behind Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Those two were the were like three A and three B mm-hmm. when it came to importance for the season. Yeah, and the, that those are the ones that stand out the most. So interesting stuff, guys. Should we do it again this year and get started? Let's do it. All right. So we're let's do I have this. seventeen players ranked. Is that right? Yeah, we'll start at number 17. Okay, for 17. Number 17. I have Tyler Kavanaugh, and I have him ranked I as... I have Tyler K- 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 Kavanaugh. <laughs> the ty- if Tyler, if you're listening, I really apologize, but I don't know who you are. Um, that's why you get ranked number 17. Perhaps he'll become something important, but for now, uh, I have to Google who this is. Yep. Uh, oh, he Tyler got Kavanaugh by Atlanta. Looks- that's right. Uh who knows? Yeah. Maybe he looks like an NBA 2K creative player. Exactly. 24 like, years this old. This is like six the, foot the, nine. The, yeah. This is the default if you don't like upload your face. <laughs> this is this is what you get. Default uh white player. Uh yeah. So Tyler Kavanaugh for me gets 17th. Probably gonna play on the G League roster. Probably just a camp invite and will be cut. Um Let's see. Who do you do you want to talk about Tyler Kavanaugh more? Tyler Kavanaugh, I mean, he he did shoot threes, so I mean, um if if you look at his per game last year, he played about 13 minutes per game with the uh, absolutely horrendous Atlanta Hawks, but only if they weren't playing the Utah Jazz. If they were playing the Utah Jazz, this is a championship caliber team. Oh. So um, but you look at if you um pull him out to to per thirty six, um he's averaging about six three point attempts a game, making two of two of them a game, and he's shooting about thirty six percent from three. So that's what makes him intriguing. That's what I, I can see why Utah brought him in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because uh, there that definitely is that you know you're you're definitely needing a big man to shoot threes. But other than that, I'm not seeing a lot that's uh, telling me like, wow, this guy's gonna going to stay a lot. What could happen though? He's a two way. He might be kept and stayed into the G the G League with the Salt Lake City Stars. And in the G League, you're gonna you're gonna see Georges Niang and Nazmi Trulong, and you're going to see uh, Grace probably a good amount of Grayson Allen. Then you also have Isaac Hawes down there, and then you have uh, Donovan Mitchell's um, buddy um, uh, Trey. So um, Trey Lewis. So yeah, Trey Lewis uh, got a camp invite. Who's I mean, he got a contract, and then they'll probably release him. But because of that bonus, he'll be incentivized to stay with the Salt Lake City Stars. Sure. So. Um, so Salt Lake City Stars could be a, could be a lot better next year, and hopefully, <laughs> it would be nice to have a good G League yeah, team. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Good G League team, yeah. Um, but as far as like his impact for Utah, he's definitely the the little man on the top. Exactly. Ball. Yeah. He's who knows? Maybe he turns into something, and maybe Quinn knows him from his time in Atlanta. Maybe. Uh, but for now, more he's just kind of interesting. And nothing more. Uh, 16. Yep. I have Nas Mitru Long. Probably uh, one of the best video creators for our site in that he takes videos of the players we're excited about. He seems like he's close with Rudy, uh, close with Donovan. Mm-hmm. He's one of those you got to follow on Instagram because you get to see a lot of the goings on with the jazz. So before I say anything about his game, exactly. I would just like to give a personal thank you to Nazmi Trulong for all the video he puts out there because we appreciate it. Oh, for that, the Royce, the the Royce airplane, the Royce airplane was that? Him? I think so. That oh, so are you talking about the video I think that was from not... uh, scrimmages? So that, that yeah, is, is that Nas? That is not him. That is actually uh, Donovan and Royce have a barber now that comes with them everywhere. I think his name's like. Philo Worldwide or something. Oh yes, but yeah. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. snakily stole that video, posted it uh, without shame, um, and thank you, Philo. <laughs> but go follow him; he's their barber, and now apparently does film of jazz scrimmages. So I was appreciative of that. That was amazing, and we saw Mr. Royce O'Neal go down the lane and and hammer it down. So that was cool. Yeah. But. And then Nas Nas actually had a good a good summer league. Um it last year um with the Salt Lake City Stars, he he can light it up from 3. He 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 shot 38% from 3. He averaged three he averaged nine threes a game. If he's the thing is is if you look at the Salt Lake City Stars offense, that tells you a lot of what they're kind of planning Utah to do. They look at Utah at they want these guys to to chuck it, and so um, well, and he, so yeah. So I like I like him too because he's really fast. Like when you watch him play, he mm-hmm. is just a quick, quick guard. He's not particularly big, but he's quick, and so he seems like if he uh, if he does make the team, he'd probably be competing with a spot with like Howell Neto maybe. Uh, but right. he he looks like a type that could come in and maybe get some points off the bench type if. If eventually he makes the team, which I'm guessing he will, the Jazz keep bringing him back and keep kind of working with him. He's really close with George Niang. They are really close. Yeah. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe they went to um, college together and they've played on the Stars together. And 
and seems like a really great locker room guy because he is friends with all the players. They all mm-hmm. like to bring him with the so. That's also something that's really nice. For him. It's it's crazy how they they have two Iowa State guys yeah. oh, who played right. on the Iowa same State. team on the same roster. Yeah, and the one the thing that for him is that he needs to work on and and George was able to really change his body, get in shape, and and really start to be able to almost be like a Boris DL light and be better on defense. And that's going to be the biggest thing with Nas. Like Nas can you can go in up there and fill it up and 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 be a shooter. Mm-hmm. But if you saw like Johnny Bryant's thing when he said uh, happy birthday to Donovan Mitchell, he's like shooter versus a scorer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got to have a scorer mindset, but he also has to have a defensive mindset if he wants to get on the court for Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And so that's going to be the biggest thing for him is um, this year with the Salt Lake City Stars and in practice with the Utah Jazz, can he become a better defensive player? Because if, if, if you're better defensively than Howell Neto, and you shoot better than him than than Neto, dude. You're gonna you're gonna um, you're definitely going to get some playing time. Also, I just don't see Neto being around after next year. Um, yeah, like just be just because just the way he's he's gonna people are gonna want to sign him just because he played with a he's been with a winning squad for a while. He could be a good backup. He has good size. Yeah, Neto's and he'll start to be that veteran backup. Guard. Yeah, Neto's proven to be just a very solid backup point guard and that can come in. I don't know if he's a great backup point guard for like the best team in the league, but he can be a backup point guard for a lot of teams in the NBA on a very cheap contract. And so that makes him really valuable. And and that's the thing with Neto is he can come in and he does positive things. He's just not very big. And that's the same problem with, with Naz is that they're not particularly large. And so they can struggle on the defensive mm-hmm. end. But if he can get a lot of steals and things like that, and Naz seems pretty quick that he might be able to do that, he can be really valuable. Yeah. 15. I got Tony Bradley. I, I also have Tony Bradley, 15th. And this is this is one where I, I, I it took me a sec because in Summer League, he definitely did look much improved. He, did. he looks good. Like to the point where... Where if there's an injury to one of the Jazz's big men, whether it's uh, Udo or Favors or Gobert, like I could see, I could see Tony Bradley instead of the Utah being like we're gonna play anybody, but <laughs> but Tony Bradley, I could see them being like, no, we're gonna pull Bradley and he's gonna get some NBA minutes because he he's still lumbering, but he's young. He looks like he knows how to play angles now a lot better on defense. Mm-hmm offensively he he's just a he's a wide body who can really create separation on those screens that's one of the big things i noticed when he was on the court with utah is their offense uh ran a lot better because he's able to just create that separation Mm -hmm. so he looks much improved unfortunately the dudes who are just in front of him he might have two of the best defensive centers ahead of him in the league in udo and gobert and that's just unfortunate for for him. That it, it, he's that's the thing. He's he's just a really nice luxury. This this team has actually quite a few luxuries on it, and and Tony is one of them. But you're right. In in uh, he uses his butt really well. <laughs> he just really he's a, a great rebounder. I think his. <laughs> but he uses it well. And he what was cool to see with with Tony Bradley is he when he got drafted he was very doughy looking he looks leaner now 
<laughs> so he's uh he he looks like he's really gone to the gym and worked hard so that's credit to to tony bradley who's kind of and i think the jazz knew that i think they knew that this guy has a lot of potential but he's just he's got you know he's like two years away from being two years away type player and he's he's worked hard he looks leaner he looks stronger his his number one mm-hmm. skill right now is i think offensive rebounding but he does do that really well he actually has pretty soft hands and so he catches the ball well uh if if there is like you know if you have to choose between fa udo next year and tony bradley you're fo- probably fine with tony bradley because he'll be doing i know i know Epe's defensive numbers are really incredible and he's the greatest defensive player on the planet according to him but he can't catch a basketball and that makes it hard on offense to have anything work well like really does yeah that's that's the hard thing with Udo is like offensively as a player he is really really rough around the edges really rough finishing wise around the hoop um screening wise and 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 I I think Tony Bradley um last year I know a lot of people were like well there's so many guys available that the Jazz could have had the Jazz are looking at basically their salary centers basic who are the guys who are going to cost him the most amount of money. And uh, Dennis Lindsay is not a guy who likes to have duplicitous um, duties on the team. He doesn't want redundancies. And so he's looking at Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert and, and also um, Udo is going to be part of that. And he's going to say, okay, this is, if you look at the contracts between those three right now, that's a lot of, that's a lot of salary going to um, basically one position. If you really think about the way the NBA is going, So Tony Bradley was drafted w- with the mindset of we're going to be able to have <laughs> this is going to be we're going to be able to bring salary when the incoming paydays of the future start rolling in. Mm-hmm. And 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 he'll prove to be a good backup too because if he can if, if he doesn't have to be as athletic and close out like Rudy Gobert, but if he can protect the rim at 80% of what Gobert does, and gets to learn the angles there, then you got yourself a very a, a very good and inexpensive asset rather than paying a combined what is it how how much is it to uh, Derek Favors and Epe you know almost twenty mil mm-hmm. um, versus like two point three yeah that's a that's a that's a definitely a good deal and that's and that's also going to be one of those things looking forward into the off season of next year when the Jazz hit hit the free agent market when they're going to be like, Hey, did Tony Bradley do enough this year for us to feel comfortable? If a guy is available and we can go get him to, to move on from Derek favors. Well, and, that, and that's what they're hoping to see from Tony that Bradley. Way, that's where um, Dennis Lindsay is quietly really shining with the jazz is he has a lot of players from like six through 15 that are low contract, high upside or high production type players or like good Players that, or outperforming their their their, their exactly their or players that really show out really well analytically or defensively, like he does an amazing job of filling that roster with a lot of talent. Like when you consider Dante through mm-hmm. Tony Bradley, there's a lot of players between there that are just high level players on low contract. Well, not high level, but good production players on good contracts, basically. Uh, so Tony Bradley, I like. I think yeah. we're not going to see a lot of Tony Bradley this year unless there is an injury. But he's actually bumping up against number fourteen, 
which for me is uh, Epe Udo. And I don't know who you have at 14. Really? Dang, I have, have Neto. Neto at 14. I have Neto. I, I have Neto because uh, – go ahead. So why, why do you have Udo at, well, at 14? Well, I think um, for me, Udo, I, I was really disappointed actually in the playoffs with Udo. I think Udo's really nice in the regular season. But, man, you could not keep Udo on the floor when Rudy went out and – you like the game that the game yeah. that was so disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the Jazz were up three one and they go into game five and and like um Adam Silver pulled the David Stern and tried to get uh Rudy Gobert out of that game, uh Quinn Snyder has to go to Epe Udo to get in the game to try to do the things that Rudy does, and he couldn't keep him on the floor. He just got absolutely roasted. And that that was the game we gave up like a fifteen point lead um jay crowder hit like five threes in the first half and we lost that game uh mm-hmm. i just don't know like udo is going to get another contract with someone else somewhere because he does fill out that end of the bench pretty nicely he's an, he's NBA, an nba player, player. he's an nba player like he, he's not going back to europe or china but for he sure. just uh it was rough it was rough 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 and because uh derek favors got his contract and will play that same role like he did last year where Rudy goes to the bench and you can slide favors to the five and then bring in either Tabo or Jay or now George Yang. I just don't know how many minutes um, Epe Udo is going to play. And especially if we see a jump from Tony Bradley, like we saw him in summer league, but we still have training camp coming up. Tony Bradley could jump up to like 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. on this list. If he starts being, a player that Quinn gets on the floor and that'll be interesting to see, but I just, Udo, you know what you're getting. It's, it's a high level defensive player that really does show out well. Um, like in the defensive analytics, yeah. but man, when he's on that offensive end, you don't even have to guard him like at it, all, even close yeah, to the basket. It really, it really hurts you. So that's rough. Mm-hmm. Tony Bradley at least showed like he's cause he's taller and, and longer than, then you do. Um, he, it, it's just it for like Tony Bradley to me is still in the baby giraffe phase. Yeah, he's still young. He's where, so young. yeah, yeah. Um, so I had Hal Neto, and the reason for that is I think he's going to get those minutes ahead of Grayson Allen at the beginning of the year, but I think Grayson Allen might chip away and get those minutes at the end, but at the same time. That's not a lot of minutes. Like I look at the guys that I have the guard rotation. I have like 10 through 14. And these are the break in case of emergency guards. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's it's if um, if a guy just doesn't have it a night, somebody gets in foul trouble or you're having injuries through the regular season. Like these are the dudes who are, are getting their number mm-hmm. called. And I think by the end of the year, how Neto, I think – if Grayson Allen isn't above where Hal Neto is, or um, then uh, you're in trouble. So I have Hal Neto. I think he's a solid player. I think he's a solid. Uh, uh, now you're looking at Utah through a different lens, and now we look at Utah like they got a lot more talent. And Hal Neto, he's a, he's a strong 14 for cool. me. Uh, I have at 13. I have Hal Neto. Is that where you have? Who do you have at thirteen? Uh, thirteen. I got. I got George's ah. knee. 
yeah, I, I, uh, well, everything we've said about Neto, we've already said. Um, I'll just cover Neto from my point of view real quick. I just feel like Neto is a solid player. Like you put Neto on the floor, and good things happen. I actually, when he's on the floor, it's it's generally pretty mm-hmm. good. He's he can shoot the three. He's a good passer. He actually gets to the rim surprisingly well, considering how he's not particularly big. Uh, but it's just the size thing. He's like, just yeah, he's a Jay yeah. Crowder. He's a Jay Crowder of guards. Like you're like he hasn't done really think anything really well, but we're up by ten. Yeah, now. he he just facilitates well. He's a prototypical point guard. He's just not particularly big, and you can't put him on the floor, especially in the Western Conference, when he has to guard people like Russell Westbrook and and all those big, strong, fast guards that just kind of blow by him. So that's why I have him at thirteen. But Neto's nice, and they got him another yeah. contract because he's a productive, positive player. Uh, I think I think George's Niang. I, I I do think just because if 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 Utah hadn't kept uh, Tabo in the off season, I would put George's higher on this list of their how valuable they are to the Utah Jazz at the end mm-hmm. of the season. But because U, Utah has Tabo ahead of him on on the lineup, they have Jay Crowder. You also have Joe Ingles, who will sometimes play stretch uh, stretch uh, forward um, for some minutes. I just don't see George A's getting a lot of minutes unless somebody mm-hmm. gets hurt. Now he's going to get a chance though. Now here's, here's the interesting thing. Royce, like Royce, we rated low last year. Um, we said he, he was going to be on the roster, but we never thought he would be a starter, but Royce got his opportunity because there were injuries. Mm-hmm. And so if there are injuries at that, so it's to start the year, Tabo is not going to play because he's on a suspension. That's right. For that Kush. And um, and so uh, George's Niang has a chance if Jay Crowder ain't it and to start out the season. George's could get uh, could get uh, his number called, and if and and just like Royce, like if you get your opportunity and you and you take advantage of it, you know that that could that could swing um, an opportunity your mm-hmm. way. Uh, but the hard thing is, Tabo was one of Utah's best players during that stretch when Rudy Gobert was out. Like part of the reason Utah was able to to grind out some wins. Tabo was a monster um, last without Rudy year. Gobert. Was, there was 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 Tabo, Tabo was fantastic. Tabo had the best real plus minus on the team before he got injured. He was just, I mean, the Jazz actually have a wealth of, um, and you can tell what they've kind of tried to to develop. Uh, just talking about yeah. George Yang and and Tabo and Jay is these guys that kind of are a three four combo. And they have multiple on the team now. That's obviously what they've been trying to do. It's just Derek Favors is just that good that he you can't usurp him. Um, but mm-hmm. I like George yeah. Yang a lot. I actually have him ranked higher than this. Uh, I think I think he's better than the players I have ranked ahead of him. But I don't think he's going to be valuable to the team because there's there's guys who are doing what he what can I- do as well. And I'm not sure if I think he's equal value to them, and they're going to have more trust to Utah. I mean, to Quinn Snyder than, yeah, than George as well. I like him because he he actually, after seeing summer league, he really can play the three, and he can play the four as well. But he, he might can. be more he, of a he's such he's so Boris he's Diao-like. very he's, he's really so Boris interesting. And he's a fantastic shooter. He I I just I could see Nyang. The thing that's nice about this roster is it's kind of got a locked in first 
like a starting five, but then Quinn has like a lot of players that play a lot of positions on the floor. That's why Epe to me is just like 14. Like Epe plays one position. He does one thing and the offense stagnates when he's on the floor. That's, That's why I have Epe lower. But when you consider that you could have Tabo Jay and George Yang on the floor at the same time and then stick Rudy in there. And then, I mean, and then you yes, have guards yeah. that can go. Ricky can go on the floor with that group. Dante can Royce can, because they can all, uh, well, maybe not Royce, but you have enough ball handling players. Joe Ingles could play with that yeah. group. And that's like a really interesting lineup. There's just a lot of things Quinn can do with Yang because of how versatile he is. I, I think one of the telling things about Niang is he's a winning player. Like when he got to the Salt Lake City Stars, they got uh, – what was their record? They were like um, – uh, what was it? 10 and 5? When he played, they, they definitely him. had a great um, they, record. They, I can't remember the exact numbers, but – Yeah, they, but they were a much better – They were. let's see here. Let's let's go those last 15 games with the, uh, with the, with the Salt Lake City Stars. And they were – they were let's see the, that last last fifteen games. Let's uh, where's where's give me some splits. Come on, man. Come on. Where, where's my where's my where's my splits at? Do they not do splits for? They're they're just like no. This is average? this is what He's you get. The hold shift down. I think. Yeah, I'm like. There we go. There we go. So they went. So their last five games were L's, but um, but then you, before then they when he arrived they went one two three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. So they went eight and seven um, after they got uh, George's Niang. And um, they were, uh, before then, they were just a, a garbage mm-hmm. team. They were well, just he, not good. They, they were getting. He was the best player on the floor every often, time he and, was playing in Summer League. He just scored at will. Mm-hmm. I, and he's not just a shooter. Like he actually showed a, an ability to pass the ball. He showed like. That he he has a he has incredible yeah he he averaged seven seven rebounds seven rebounds and three assists and for the total um for the total uh for all with it, so that was with the stars he he was asked mm-hmm. to score more a lot more when he was with them but before then he he was averaging four assists well, and a game. he has incredible touch He's, like he, he he hits floaters he shoots he a mid range with accuracy he's just. He's a scorer. He's not overly athletic, but he's got a little bit of that kind of Joe Ingles ability where he he uses his size well and understands how to get his shot off. I I could see Niang if if he calms down and becomes like a because he has he has 40 point 40 percent shooting capability. If he does that, then he becomes really interesting as a piece for this team is off the bench for sure. Right, and he's about that same age as Royce O'Neal too. 25. He's twenty five. Okay. Yeah, I mean he's a little so, older, but that uh, but yeah, he's worked so. really hard to to get to where he's at. So he also just has great work ethic. So mm-hmm. all right, number yeah, and and I was summer league when he hit the court, he was a lot. He was uh, that oh, team yeah. was a lot better. Okay, number twelve. On. Who do you have at number twelve? I also have Grayson at number twelve. Okay. Okay. Good. I was scared that you were going to be like Grayson Allen, number seven. <laughs> Grayson's really interesting. Oh, and you know what? I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to keep it. These are the rankings I did, but I like Grayson because I think what he showed us in summer league is that he can play the one, and and it actually goes really surprisingly well because he's he showed to be a good passer. 
He is not six foot he's five. Not, he's he not, is huge. not six he's foot not five. particularly tall. I don't know who in the world believes he is he is he is six foot two, six foot three. But when he when he gets out there, like you, you see him standing next to like George Ace Niang, and he's he's a good six inches smaller than in George mm-hmm. Ace Niang. And so like he's 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 the smallest dude in in that lineup. So I don't know where or at Duke, like what seven eleven over there and at Duke they mm-hmm. measured him, but he's definitely not six foot. Yeah, five. he's not he's not super big. But the nice thing is that he can play the point guard, and he is bigger than Neto, and he's he's uh, he was a surprisingly good rebounder. He plays bigger than he looks. Actually, he was, he was. getting like triple double threats when he was on the floor, and I think he played reduced minutes because he had some sort of abductor injury of some sort. And I think the jazz were just kind of, and I think that actually yeah. probably affected him. Be yeah, I think they were. Him. And I think that's why it affected his shooting percentages and, and that because the jazz never seemed worried at all about his shooting. And apparently in his workout, he just shot lights out. But, uh, I, I, I just, he's really interesting to me. I, the thing that's nice is that the Jazz are so deep that he might not get a lot of chances to play. But I, I tell you what, if he he's kind of like we talked about with Nyang, that he can play multiple positions. He can play either off guard or 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 point guard and be effective. And what I really liked is I, we've talked about it already a little bit. His passing is really really good. Like he's a better passer than I realized. Mm-hmm. And in Quinn Snyder's offense where you don't necessarily have to be a pure point guard to be effective, the ball seemed when he was on the floor, the ball just moved around. He's not a black hole. The ball moves. He's he's a very willing passer and he's a good passer. And I I just think there there he seems like a player whose style Quinn Snyder is going to like that kind of because I know Quinn Snyder I I think Quinn Snyder really likes when his system is moving and rolling and he likes players that he can put into that system or set up a system that players can play within and that makes it work. That that it's why I I kind of regret not putting Grayson above Alec Burks, but Alec Burks breaks systems when he's on the floor and and Grayson Allen, Allen already doesn't. It already looks like he can play within systems and and the offense flows. That's why I that's why I have Grayson at twelve and I think he could be higher by the end of the year. He he could, but at the same time, I wonder if um just because Utah is l- looking to keep as much trade value for Burks as possible. Ugh. Yeah. Um he's not able to get those minutes. I get- like that that's 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 a hard thing is you have a lot of guys on this roster who are gonna be um who are um going to be free agents next year and so that's going to just going to start to play in uh, on the personality of this team you don't want it to but at the end of the day there's uh it's it's going to be really interesting with with how this how yeah, this we'll, is going we'll see i one so, thing too though um, is, um and it's nice because we haven't always had this in the past is quinn snyder is going to play the best guys if Quinn if Quinn Snyder believes you cuz he did it last year with Royce like he surprised us Royce played a lot last year and he got the nod at the at you know he started at shooting guard whenever Ricky Rubio was out and so if that's the nice thing is you know that if he is 
making the Jazz a better team and earning minutes if there's an injury or something, that's because he earned it, not because of, you know, because, ah, man, I, I guess, anyways, I, that's all I got to say about, about Grayson. <laughs> yeah. Grayson is an interesting, he, he's an interesting case. I just, I'm just not sure with the amount of depth that there is at guard on this team that uh, like he's a luxury. He could, he could definitely get into the lineup, but at the same time, I do think that there is going to be some, I just, I'm not sure. I just am am not sure he's going to be able to break through. Probably not. Um, and, And that might be because, Quinn Snyder might not trust him. And you have a playoff team. The thing is, is Donovan Mitchell was able to get get the opportunity because the team at, at was not projected. There weren't expectations. It wasn't like mm-hmm. this is a playoff team. Like they, they can like coaches, um, front office staff, they can talk the talk like they believe that they had a had a playoff team last year, but the their 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 rotation decisions did not reflect that they mm-hmm. thought they had one. And so um, this year, though, they know they have a playoff team. And that that makes you a, a, a way more risk averse. And that's why I'm not yeah. sure about Grayson Allen. So, okay. So number 11, I, I have, have Alec Udo. Burks. Oh, go ahead. Just because I still Alec Burks. I, I think Udo is going to get – he's still an important piece. Um, during the regular season, I know in, in the playoffs he got exposed, but a lot of dudes get exposed in the playoffs. Like – a lot of really good players get exposed in the playoffs because you can scheme around them. And he's a one note guy. He's a one note defensive guy. But when you're, when you're playing terrible teams and needing to rack up wins and get your starters a lot, a, a good amount of rest, and especially Rudy Gobert at Bay Udo is that you're able to bring in elite defense. Uh, bad teams aren't, aren't able to take advantage of his weaknesses like other teams. Dude's get, and that's why he's going to be important. So that's yeah, why I, I have agree. I mean, 11. that's the thing is, is if it allows Rudy Gobert to rest four to five games this year, here and there, just to if he's nursing some ailing thing or something like that, uh, and he even play less minutes during the year. So instead of playing thirty six, play thirty two, because he can have Udo come on the floor and just soak up a little bit of those minutes against lesser teams and things like that. Then that provides a lot of value. That's why. That's why he's on the roster. That's why, and he's a good locker room presence. That's the nice thing too is all these guys have good locker room presence, and Udo is definitely well liked in the locker room. He's a good guy. He's a smart player too. As much as you know his limitations, we talk about. He's a smart player that um, that provides insight to players, and so I like Udo. It's just yeah, he's more of a regular season player than a than Posey. Oh yeah. I had so Alec had Burks. Burks at number 11, the final season. So my question to everyone out there is, what are you going to do when Alec Burks isn't on this team and you can't send trade proposals of Alec Burks for Kyrie Irving or Alec Burks for Kevin Durant or Alec Burks for LeBron James? What are <laughs> what are we going to do on Twitter when I don't have these in my mentions anymore? I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to do, but but... How are you? Yeah, how are you supposed to match salary if you don't have Alec Burks? Doesn't every team have Alec Burks to I just, do that? I I don't know. I love Alec Burks. I love his personality. His game is fun. I I do feel like Alec Burks' injury really frustrated his career and hurt his development. Although I don't know if Alec, 
2013-2014 is going to be – we'll look back and be like, <laughs> man, is. what if? But I what don't know if, if Alec Burks has ever been quite the, you know, the film – guy that's in the film room all the time i think alec burks for his career has always kind of just relied on on his talent and his physical ability and i think when he's lost a little bit of that athleticism and and that it hurt him because i don't know if he's i just don't think he's a film study type player i think he's kind of a street baller type that has always been able to beat his man every time and and so there was a point though last year with with like we don't talk about it a lot and probably should have a little bit and mentioned it a little bit, but that first stint where Rudy Gobert goes down and the Jazz have favor starting at the, the center and the Jazz go on like a six-game win streak, that was kind of the coming out party for, for Donovan Mitchell. But he was that was the, that, well, but Burks had the but best, Burks was first had, that was the best stretch of Burks' whole season. And he was a big reason we won those games. Like He hit big shots. He, he had a game where he was like nine for ten. Uh, that was a big stretch for Burks, and I, you hope that he can learn, you know, in year eight or whatever it is that he can play within the offense. I don't know if he will or ever can do that, but he showed that little stints last year where he did, and when he did, yeah, the when Houston he did, series. he played really well. The Houston series, he he was huge with in the absence of Rubio. Like we talked about Royce O'Neal starting, but my goodness, like Alec Burks, like, okay, Alec Burks in the playoffs against Houston, had a defensive rating of 107, an offensive rating of 114. He shot uh, 45% from three. He shot 47% from, from two, 47% overall. He was like his, and his usage rate was was up there. His win shares per 48 were was like at, 17 like 0.169 and he actually what like if, if you look at playoff burks against houston you're like dude this guy needs minutes so with that said that's why i put him at number 10 because i think like the houston series was really special because there were two guys and and i and and i will say if you're hyped about dante exum next season because what you saw in houston you have to be equally as hyped about Alec Burks because what you saw against Houston, it felt like that series there there was like a light shining on like a light went off for both of those players. You saw Dante on the defensive end being like, "Holy cow, I can do this," and Alec Burks. There seemed to be something where he finally f- started to figure it out, and so if so, Utah. There's there's a couple X factors we talk about with Utah being able to exceed their goal next year and Alec Burks being a consistent contributor for 10 to 15 minutes a game is a huge part of that because Alec Burks is a J.R. Smith of Utah the minutes he steps on the court you're like I hope we got Mm -hmm. good Burks tonight my only because there's some nights where he steps onto the court and it's he's on there for like three minutes and Quinn's like "Eh, Mm -hmm. no he ain't got it nope we ain't doing this tonight and some nights he he plays like 15 to 20 and you're like man Brooks had a really good game but but you don't get a consistent player and that's not that's that's okay for a guy who's Exum's age like 21 22 that's not told, that is not cool with a guy who's almost who's mm-hmm. about to turn 27 my only worry is that is it a little fool's gold with Alec Burks in the playoffs cuz wasn't a lot of that garbage time minutes uh games kind of out of hand 
uh, I don't know. I'm not an Alec Burks believer. I know yeah, there are others it's, out it's there hard. that believe in Alec Burks. I'm not a big Alec Burks believer. I just, I don't think these. I don't think there's a big belief on, on my side, but I do think that that Houston series did not feel like fool's gold because he was making a very direct impact on a team that was turning it mm. up to to eleven. And so that 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 has to mean that has to mean something. It might have just been like the the light shined and he had like the series <laughs> of his career. He has moments where he just becomes so and, and good for, impactful. And you just uh if he can put it together and it, the thing is is if Alec Burks has a great uh season then that only helps the Jazz because he's in a contract year. It only helps himself too and maybe that's one thing is maybe Burks this year kind of you know, decides, you know what, I want to be on the floor, so I'm going to do what Quinn says, and I'm going to, I'm going to score efficiently and, and prove to be a, an effective player, and maybe he does. And maybe it, he... Contract years. Contract years do things to people. And if the Utah Jazz can get a contract year out of Alec Burks... Hey, it only goodness. helps the Jazz. It only helps your team if your players play well. There's my hot take. Um, all right, let's see. Anything else on Alec Burks, or should we keep going? Nope. Who did you have at number 10? Uh, I have at number 10, George Yang. Wow. George Yang, who is going to see minutes this year. He is going to get on the floor. He is, is going to switch pick? between. Is this your Royce O'Neal pick? Is this, is... this is okay. my Royce okay. O'Neal pick, guys. Watch out. George Yang can play two, three, and four. The thing that George Yang doesn't play a position in the NBA. Like, what is he? He looks like, honestly, he looks like, what's, oh, and I already forgot yeah. his name. Uh, Jared nope. Dudley. He looks like. Uh, is it Jared Dudley? Horace Diaw, Dudley. What position does he play? Because he he's like he's big enough that he can kind of play the power forward, but he really looks like a, a small forward. He moves quickly enough that he might even be able to play some two. While like he's just he's incredibly versatile, and the thing is, is he also has incredible touch. He shoots the ball, and so there are going to be times where. Uh, there's, and it's, I mean, this is the number 10 spot. So George and Yang getting spots on the roster and minutes on the floor is going to probably be because a few players are hurt or sitting out that mm -hmm. night and Yang can get 15 minutes on the floor. But the thing that's nice is he can, because he can play so many positions. He doesn't, that's, what's tough. It's hard to get Udo and Bradley on the floor because they play one position and they don't do anything else. But with Yang, he can play the three. He can play the four. And so that's why I think he actually will contribute a lot. The Jazz gave him three years, a lot like they did with Royce O'Neal. That's an interesting contract because year two and three, both two and three are team options, mm -hmm. I believe. But I, it's, it's a good contract, though. It's cheap. And if, if Niang can shoot the ball and, and, and he does just play off of other players, I mean, it becomes super valuable. I'm a big yang believer i think i think yang has a spot on this team in two or three years and becomes a big part this year maybe not so much but i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked if yang gets some backup right. minutes and i think year. i think that's contingent on if going to number nine what happens to the people in front of him and i have number nine i have tabo oh do you have, okay. do you have who do you have uh number nine i have jay crowder Ooh, okay so i have tabo because one thing that worries me is just just Tabo's age. Mm -hmm. um, it, 
when when you have when you have an injury like his, I I know they're talking like he looks fine, looks great. Utah wouldn't have brought him back had had they been worried about it. But at the end of the day, like he's it's kind of funny. I'm like he's old. He's my age. He's 34, <laughs> and but the thing is, is you're having a you had a knee injury at age 34. Uh, I can speak from experience like the body just does not recover like it used to mm-hmm. at 34 you start to lose that athleticism even though you're you know like you're getting you're in great shape you're just you just don't have it like you used to and so what worries me is he's coming back from that he's going to have to get in conditioning shape mm-hmm. um the knee is not going to always feel the same way it's not going to recover the same way after after games after on a back to back on four and three and five nights four and five nights so the the what i worry about tabo is last year it looked like he was having almost a career year um, his, his almost his best season since 2009 2010 oh he was really good but between 2009 and 2010 there was about 8 years <laughs> yeah. of so 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 play so you so the so the question i have is was last year kind of anomaly did utah find something in their system um and if they if they did not then um ugh, like then you you're, you got Tabo and you're just kind of dealing with it. And that opens up the door for Niang. Yeah. And that opens up the door for, um, uh, for him to get some minutes. Or it might mean that Jay is getting 30, 30 minutes a game, 32 versus um, 20. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think Tabo, Tabo's performance is going to dictate whether Niang sees the floor this year. And it's also going to dictate how much time Jay gets to see on the court. Yeah. I, I'm still big on Tabo. And I think what I like about Tabo is when he's on the floor, he does a lot more for you than just shoot. You know, he's, he's a great passer. He's surprisingly good passer. He's actually an incredibly good finisher at the rim and he's not an above the rim player. That's why I think, and luckily, you know, if it was like a, uh, uh, not an ACL, but an Achilles injury, then Tabo's career would be over because he is 34. But he, he's still, he's a crafty player. He finishes well at the rim. He's a great passer, and his shooting was really good last year. I don't know if it's going to be as good this year as it was last year, but if his shooting's really good, he becomes such a such an effective player. And I wonder, because he's getting older, he does probably play more exclusively the four, which I want him yeah. to play that position anyway. because. And that allows him to age in this in this NBA too. Like at the four, mm-hmm. um, he's going to be able to stay in the league for you know two or three years. But at this age, the drop off just occurs. It just happens. Like we saw that with Joe Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Johnson, the prior year, we're like, oh man, he had one of his best seasons. It looks like he's going to be able to go another one one or two years at this level before he's done. And then it just it was dropped just so- off a cliff. Yeah, it was just over. It wasn't. It wasn't this like you know kind of nice decline where you're like, yeah, some nights he has it, some nights he doesn't. He just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And 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 sometimes I think we forget how 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 small that difference is between rotation player, not a rotation player in the NBA, really is because sometimes it is just just a sliver. 
uh, between what makes what, what staying in the NBA and not. Yeah, and so if 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 that drop off happens, then for sure, like you know, we'll see. But my gosh, he was so good last year, and he. The Jazz just played better when he was on the floor. They won games. I was there was actually a point last year. I think we've talked about this before. Like I got a little frustrated that why isn't Quinn playing this guy more? And I think Quinn actually sometimes really worries about locker room uh, chemistry and things, and that might have been part of it to make sure everyone gets As their he minutes, should. which is good. But man, he was so good last year, and just a really good defender, passer, uh, cutter to the rim. He things just flow, and that's why I think Quinn will he'll get minutes, and he's in a contract year, and Quinn seems to worry about that for players. That's why he's a good player coach. We'll see. So mm-hmm. I have at nine Jay Crowder. Uh, I have Tabo at eight and Crowder at nine. Just they're kind of interchangeable. See, yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, and that that's the thing. I think Jay. I'm thinking he's going to get his three point shot going because there's just seems Utah. What they do really well is develop guys. They just do it really well. And I think uh, there were, last year, Jay had a lot of things that um, I think mentally just stuck with him. And I, I think all of us can, can, can relate that losing a parent would be tough. can just, just wreck you. Mm-hmm. And this guy not only lost a parent, he went. He was traded to two. He went through three different teams. He went from Boston to Cleveland to Utah. And when he was traded to Utah, Utah wasn't like the shining pinnacle of a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Like they were rising, but they weren't. That was still in that 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 period where you're like, hey, can Utah make the playoffs? Can they still? Are they? Uh, is it too far gone? Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, I I think knowing now the expectations of Utah, because when you go when he was going into Boston, he's getting in shape and getting ready. Then gets sent over to Cleveland, and Cleveland was this circus last year. It was just an absolute circus, and and then he had to go with like, am I really good player? Because that can wreck that can wreck your psyche if you're just constantly getting moved. He got moved twice, mm-hmm. and so. So that can wreck you and be like, uh, well, am I good enough? Am I what? What type? What am? Who am I? And and then just like the regular logistics, like where am I going to live? What am I going to do? What like how am I? And he's doing this without his normal support structure because he lost a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I think was a good fit for for Jay is his dad used to play for Utah. There is that history there. I think there's a good support structure in Utah. He has players on. He has a player on this roster who's gone through the same thing he has in Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. and being traded and losing and, and not and, and not and losing a parent, but not in the same season. But there's a guy on this roster that knows what he's been through, and and I think that's unique, and the, the support structure is there. I think if he locks in and he works with this squad. He's going to he's going to be able to have some good success. So I think he'll have a I think he's going to have a really stellar year with Utah. Mm-hmm. But the key is, doesn't matter how mentally on board you are, how you know how how uh, how much you've you've taken care of in your personal life to get everything taken care of. If he does not hit that three this year, it's it, Tabo's going to be in that lineup. Yeah, that's where it becomes. Or George Sneak. I mean, the Jazz had really incredible numbers with with Jay Crowder at the four, and so. 
he and maybe I, but that's and that's the other thing like he just enters the game and you're like man jay has been terrible and you look up and you're like okay we're ahead by 15 yeah. i i don't i don't know how this worked out um and defensively he was taking too many risks and and and, and somehow utah would be up 15 yeah he so it's he's he's tough uh, but if he's hitting he, his three the jazz is really really good especially when because he really yeah. should be a power forward um he's just massive and strong and mm-hmm. and he does uh and that is true like honestly when you mentioned the fact that he loses parents he has that daughter he loves and cares about immensely and then he's probably dealing with auxiliary drama and things too with all, it's just like it had to be a, a whirlwind. Um, but you're right. Like it really comes down to uh, like Jay Crowder is going to get minutes with this team regardless because he does fill roles that the Jazz need. He helps spread the floor. And he can switch. He he's switches. just like Talo. He can switch multiple positions. He's, he brings like the Trevor Booker factor where he's he's tough. He is the first guy in a fight when, and when something's going like when Ricky Rubio gets ch- hip checked. Uh, the first guy there is mm-hmm. is is Jay Crowder, and that that matters. I oh yeah, I like it's like Jay and Joe every single time. Yeah, there, there's people like those two are just well, like that matters. Let's go. That really matters. Like I know these mm-hmm. guys like on Twitter, uh, you know, analytical types that say things like, "Well, guess what? That's great, but now you've got a suspension." You know what? When Jay Crowder is on the floor, that means Ricky Rubio knows he's got an enforcer that's got his back. And you know who else knows that? The other team. And so they don't do things like hip mm-hmm. check Ru- Ricky Rubio into the stands and and uh or like uh when Marquise Chris goes over and just shoves I mean Ricky Rubio took a couple cheap shots last year and both times Jay Crowder was there to to send a message back that you're not going to do that. And he did that in the playoffs too. That matters. Like for a guy who's it like does. timid or maybe a young player like Donovan Mitchell or Dante Exum, who are young guys that, you know, dealing with full-grown men coming at them, like Donovan Mitchell and Dante Exum and and the younger players on the team, or, they know that Jay Crowder's on the mm-hmm. floor and they're good. Like, I don't need to be... Or even like George A. Niang. Like, George A. Niang is not going to be the type of guy when he's looking for his... to just have a contract. Like, the last thing you want to do is, like, do anything that would chance, like, a suspension or something mm-hmm. else. Jay Crowder is the type of person who's just like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care I'm gonna take care of my team. Well, that, yeah, he says that I, guy disrespected just, my my teammate. That's not okay. <laughs> like that's how we think. Yeah, most, and so most certainly. And I that's what I love about Jay Crowder is that is that matters so much. And you know players like like uh, Rudy Gobert and like Rudy Gobert appreciates that too because Rudy Gobert takes cheap shots all the time. And so I think I um, Jay Crowder, I have nine, Tabo eight. Really, you can mix and match those however you want. I think a lot of it kind of comes down to matchups. Like I think there's some nights and maybe rest too. Like like maybe Tabo matches up well against certain teams. Jay, you know, can spread the floor. That's what is nice about Jay though, is that he is strong. Like he is not. He is. He can match up with he bigger is, guys. He is a power forward, forward's body. Like he's 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 Kenneth Fareed with with, with uh, a bit with 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 a better shot. Mm-hmm. If Jay, if like that's a that's the biggest thing on this. Like Jay could could be one of these high risers on this list. Like like Royce O'Neal, like he could be like the third, fourth most important person on this on the squad. If he's hitting the three consistently, all of a sudden this this Utah Jazz team's ceiling 
changes dramatically. And we've, we've talked about that before. Yeah. And um, I think, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and just like, uh, like so we said, maybe I'm beating a dead horse, but the fact that like Quinn can say, Hey, they've got a bigger forward. And so tonight to spread the floor, we're putting in Jay, or maybe you're playing a smaller lineup and you put in Tabo and either way. Yeah. And Tabo looked, worked great against like Kevin Durant, like these lankier forwards. Like you, know, you have like Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, Tabo. But if you have like a yeah the Draymond Greens of the world yeah those power then all of us or we have Marquise Chris mm-hmm. Marquise Chris at the power forward you're like we're putting in Jay he can he can hang on the defensive end and then he's going to make him work so yeah I I think that's he has a lot more versatility got so I, at number seven moving on to number seven I have I have favors whoa. Really, I yes, I have Royce. O'Neal. Oh my gosh, yeah, I, 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 I'm already, I'm already ready to to take take the abuse this this season. I'm already get like it doesn't matter. I've already had Derek Favors like quote tweet me and be like LMFAO. So um, <laughs> oh, so, so it this might be vindictive in nature. Okay, no, it's not vindictive. <laughs> the reason being is, I think at the end of the year. I think Derek Favors is important to the team because of what he signifies to Rudy Gobert, rest. He is able to go in at the five, mm. play very valuable minutes. Um, but at the end of the day, I think there's guys who are going to get more time at the four just because of the way the NBA is going. And But at the same time, that doesn't mean Derek Favors is, is, is a worse player than last year. I think he could be even better next year. He looks he looks leaner. He looks like he's he's focused on his game. He knows what his role is. I think we'll see like the beginning of last year, we saw Derek Favors playing outside of his game because he's got contract on his mind. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when when the Jazz flipped flipped a switch in January, everybody bought in. Everybody was just like, you know what? What what my offseason needs, what's happening after the season, the contract or whatever. They flipped it off, and I think Derek Favors had been sulking. He was getting frustrated, and he did a huge professional move, and he just said, I'm just going to do what's best for the team. And that takes a grip ton of of uh, of, go- of wherewithal to do that. It takes a ton of class. Just because there, we saw Rodney Hood. Like, because there was Rodney Hood, like, if you look at two guys, like you have Rodney Hood, you have Derek Favors, those two guys like, um, went down two different paths. Rodney Hood's like, I'm going to get mine. And Derek Favors is like, I'm going to sacrifice for the team. And, um, and Rodney Hood right now is without a contract. And the Jazz Derek Favors on the other hand. Big time contract. 18 mil a year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he played less minutes. He, we all know he is capable of a lot more, but I think value wise for the Utah Jazz, they're going to be, there's going to be six guys ahead of Derek Favors just because they, they do provide things that Derek Favor, that they do provide things that there's not another person on the squad who can provide those things at the level that they can. Um, Derek Favors, there are guys who can stretch the floor better than him. There's guys who can switch more positions than him. And there's one dude who is the best center in the league who unfortunately can do a lot of things better than Derek Favors. On any other team, Derek Favors is easily far and away your best big man. Mm-hmm. But those teams don't have Rudy Gobert. So that's that's why I, I say at the end of the, end of the season, 
there are going to be there are going to be guys at Derek Favors' position who are going to be of more value because of what they're able to provide the team as far as switching um, switching on small ball guys. Mm. Well, I have That's I have rant. Derek a little higher, and I think um, part of that is also the fact that he does so many things that allow the Jazz to be so good defensively. Uh, Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. because he has Derek Favors on the floor, can be that dominant presence at all times and then know that Derek Favors is an elite off-ball shot blocker behind him so that allows him to do... Uh, they just allow each other to do their thing really well on the defensive end. Offensively, you're right. Like It's Agreed. a little bit... like He's not a complete loss in the offensive end because he does hit that mid-range shot. Uh, if you remember that game in the playoffs, um, Derek Favors was on the floor when we closed out the Oklahoma City Thunder. He hits that enormous uh, little mid-range shot that um, Don- Donovan passed. Oh, yeah. That won the game. And, and and him and Joe Ingles, him and Joe Ingles during the, that Oklahoma City series, oh, my God, they feasted. That yeah, pick and roll. It was a huge, huge like, I mean, that was a big-time shot. All so, day. Uh, I, I yeah. think that. And the thing is, is Derek Favors went from not having any shot at all to having a pretty, I don't know if it's automatic, but a good mid-range shot. And I think there's a little bit more room for him to grow as kind of a corner three shooter. And if he... Do you think he ever, do you think he gets that corner three? Um, I, I'm still in the camp that says I, I, it's probably not going to happen. I think he can. I We saw that with, uh, we saw in the... Uh, and I know it's a different team, but we saw Aaron Baines turn Embiid into an inef- ineffective player by hitting a corner three. Like Aaron Baines guarded Embiid on one mm-hmm. side, and then he sat in the corner on the three-point line and and helped beat the Philadelphia 76ers because of that. If Derek Favors can do that, then that's good enough because then you have a guy that can hit a corner three and then be a defensive force on the other end next to Rudy. And that, But that's an if. If he can do that, then Derek Favors is an incredibly valuable piece. I have, I, I actually, but if he can. I think Rudy could develop a three-point shot better than Derek Favors, and the reason being is Rudy has consistently improved his free throw percentage year over year. Mm-hmm. Derek Favors has Derek's not. Derek's an inconsistent free throw shooter, which it, is it, surprising sometimes. But, but yeah, he doesn't so have to hit 80% just, on corners. He sure. just has to hit like 36. If he can hit 36 from the corner. Yeah that become but but consistently yeah consistently and i'm just not sure if that happens Mm -hmm. but then again in the playoffs it seemed like he saved all of his threes for the oklahoma city series (laughs) he was huge in that series like he showed that's the thing about Derek. he was a monster well he didn't show up in that one game we needed him to when we lost to the clippers and i had to drive home in utter sadness when we missed the playoff (laughs) but like he shows up in big games he really does uh, he's he's a great defender. Mm-hmm. He guarded Paul George on that final shot of the game and didn't foul him. I don't care what any OKC Thunder player says. He didn't foul him. He can guard on the perimeter. And he showed that picture this offseason where he just looks really lean. I'm more worried about Derek Favors being lean than I am being strong because the less impact he has on his knees, the quicker he is on the perimeter. And I don't know. Derek's going to be interesting. There is a little room yeah. for him to evolve. I don't think it's a final product quite yet. And and he played the most amount of games he has played last year since 2002. Mm-hmm. The Jazz Health team is doing like, their job. They're doing his job. And and the thing is, is the heart, and the thing about that, and this is another reason why I had favorites, is, 
He is not going to be a guy like last year. He averaged 28 minutes and I think he might average even less this year Mm. because they just want it. Like, I don't think he's a guy who can play 28, like more than 28 minutes a game Mm -hmm. and be healthy for the entire season. I just think there are, he like, he's, he's had plantar fasciitis. He's had problems with his knees back. Um, and, and I think the health team has wisely been like, okay, we're, you know, we're, we're keeping this rotation the way it is. We're going to do some, we're going to, we're going to, um, do, they're doing amazing, um, physical therapy with them to keep them healthy mm-hmm. and, and the off season training. But I just don't think he's a guy. And I think Derek Favors realized this when resigning with Utah is these guys are working to keep him healthy and that's going to make him more money than going out there and maybe being able to play 32 minutes, getting one contract and being done in three years because your body's done. So, so, okay. Um, and you had, seven, who did you have, have you had Royce O'Neal. And at this point, I'm kind of looking at yeah. it as like, we have our top five, which is our starters. And then our first two off the bench uh, is going to be. I, I had trouble. I had trouble with six and seven. Like uh, I, I will say this, like, and I had Royce O'Neal at number six. Mm. And the reason I had Royce O'Neal at number six is he showed me towards the end of the season, especially uh, I think the game that I came around on Royce O'Neal on was against the Spurs. I think it was oh, in February that game. where he had that steal and dunk and he was, won that game. And I was like, this dude is – I, I mean, we throw around the term three and D player, but he – He's not just that. It's not like he just hangs out in for threes. Like he can handle mm-hmm. the ball. He can. He started towards the end of the season showing that he could run the offense a little bit. He is way more athletic than anybody gives him credit for. He can just take off, and he he is fast. He's faster than people realize, and that lateral speed and his length allows him to switch a ton of different positions. And even if he does not, even if he does not improve one iota this year. Him getting more opportunities on the court and to become more consistent. That's why I have him so high because that you guys like Royce O'Neal, who are a hard nosed defensive player and play, play, uh, pl- and, and can hit the three consistently. That's Joe Ingles. And we thought we only got Joe Ingles and that was the end of the gravy train right mm-hmm. there. We thought, we thought we hit, got Joe Ingles. We're like, oh, got lucky once. You're not going to do that again. And we might do it twice in four years. Well, it's it's he crazy. Just, he he really showed a lot more, and he he does lock down defensively on a lot of guys. He and if if Royce can just shoot a high percentage from three, he becomes a really really valuable player. And he has starter experience now. Uh, he started in the playoffs when when Ru- Rubio went down. in big in, in on yeah in big spotlight. He's, he's a solid player, and I think actually he had moments last year where he's like, wow, I just. It's okay for me to go dunk on people. Like I think he realized that it's okay, and he started. I think we can see Royce is twenty five, and so I don't know if we're going to see a lot of athletic jumps in his game. But I could see him making a jump next year just because of experience and and using his tools a little bit better. And he looked for a lot of last season. I think he was pretty jittery, just trying to make a team and just trying not to do the wrong things. And I think next year it's going to be a little bit of a jump just because it's a confident player playing with his strengths rather than avoiding mistakes. And he'll, he'll, he'll be right. a better player next year just because he'll be confident. He has like those uh, playoff minutes. They matter. And he, 
he played well. So I, I don't know. I could see Royce being just a, I mean, I seven or higher. I, I have a hard time seeing him jump into the starting lineup, but he's going to be a big time part of what I think is going to be one of the best benches in the NBA and going to help win the, the Jazz a lot of games next year just because the bench unit is going to be really, really good. I th- I think what's going to happen in the next two years, I think Royce O'Neal is going to replace Joe Ingles as a starter just as Joe Ingles starts to get older and they're wanting to protect his minutes to keep mm-hmm. him healthy, I can keep see his that. career going. I think Royce O'Neal is the dude who who allows Joe Ingles to, to, to go gracefully to the bench and still be able to play like 20, 25 minutes a game and provide the same level of intensity. Like Royce O'Neal is, went from afterthought last year to being a big part of Utah's future and allowing them to go out and get a big, big time free agent next mm-hmm. year if they want to. So I have, I think, I think, so you had, uh, I had uh, Royce O'Neal number six. Who number you six, have? I have Dante yeah. Exum. Who I, Ooh, okay. <laughs> who do you have number? And I had, I, I had him, I had him higher. So <laughs> and I, I'm the ahead. Exum guy. Uh, Exum might become Exum Exum has upside that could make him jump to top three on this team. He has that level of upside and that level of, of ability. I think that this year is going to be really interesting when Exum comes out and plays incredibly well. And all the numbers show that the team is really good when he's on the floor. And we have a contract situation with a certain player who plays point guard for us. I think, I think Dante has a chance to really, really explode this year if he can stay healthy. Both of his injuries in the past were fluke things. Um, if he can stay healthy this year, at worst, he's going to be a really nice bench player who gets you a lot of points uh, and passes the ball well and helps push the basketball, push the pace um, on turnovers and things like that. He's And that defense he played on James mm-hmm. Harden was the best defense anyone played on Harden in in the playoffs. That was no fluke. Like you have James Harden going at his hardest and he has him completely frustrated. That it wasn't like um a a a game at the end of December right before Christmas and everybody's mailing it in so they can get mm-hmm. home. Like that was that was Big time. That was absolutely big time against the MVP in the league, and he's frustrating him. That is no fluke. I think I think the biggest thing with Dante Exum, last year for the season preview, I wrote that Dante Exum had a chance to serve Ricky Rubio in the starting lineup, and I still mean it. And I'm not saying that because Ricky Rubio is a bad player. I, I, I Ricky Rubio is amazing. He is fantastic. I have him rated higher on this list. I think he's very valuable to Utah's success next year. But Dante Exum is going to have a chance, uh, A, this year, to really give Ricky Rubio a break. Give him, like, I mean, part of the reason Ricky Rubio was not available for the playoffs last year was he had to go heavy minutes last year because they were they were without Raul Neto some nights. They were and Dante Exum. They were without two of their backup point guards, and you had Donovan Mitchell having to run minutes. Ricky Rubio, like Ricky, Ricky just had to do a lot. And Dante and and we've seen from this uh, from from the Utah Jazz's trainers that they don't want their guys to have to go through heavy usage. 
And so even though uh, Ricky Rubio only like if you look at it, he he averaged 29 minutes a game. But if you but then if you like really break that down, you're like, OK, well, let's go into go into the splits here. And then you start to look at in December, in December, he played he played 441 minutes in November. Like it. it and in, then in March, he played 465 like he was playing some heavy mm-hmm. minutes. And um, and 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 it like in especially towards towards the stretch when they needed him, and 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 this is part of that that gauntlet that they were running. Um, he was averaging thirty three minutes a game in in March towards towards the end, um, just so that they could get to the playoffs. Um, there there wasn't a lot of nights that he could take off, mm-hmm. and that contributed to him not being able to be healthy. If you can get Ricky Rubio down to where Derek Favors is twenty eight minutes a game because of Dante Exum's and 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 what you what you hope for and what I think is going to happen I think Dante Exum where there's going to be some nights where it's like Dante Exum has it and Ricky just doesn't mm-hmm. tonight and it's not going to be because they're they're bad players you're just going to have the luxury of having two exceptional uh, uh, Andy's going to hate me for saying this two way point guards and and two guys who defensively can shut people down and they do it different ways. Dante Exum is not a ball hawk like Ricky Rubio, but he's a guy who can switch on multiple positions and you know, you're just going to not get anything versus Ricky Rubio. Who's not necessarily going to um, have that uh, ability to shut you down, but you're going to throw like two or three passes thinking it was the greatest pass in the world. And Ricky Rubio is going to be going to be like 10 feet the other way with the ball for an open Mm -hmm. layup. Well, I've never, I've never enjoyed so, you talking about anything more than what you just did right now. That was great. <laughs> now, now, with that being said, Dante, the biggest thing for Dante is uh, he has to be healthy. If he's healthy, he he has he has momentum again. He has momentum going into the season. He's looked good during the off season. He's done the UCLA runs. He's worked with a lot of really good p- people. He doesn't look like a kid anymore. Um, he doesn't have the acne. <laughs> <laughs> He's growing up. Our our young like we had a, we had a, we had a, we had a we had a we had a player who had like rampant acne. It was like we had a teenager uh-huh. on our team. We had a teenager on our team for two years basically. And so, uh, so the that being said, um, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And the Utah Jazz are going to, because Ricky Rubio is so valuable and his leadership is so valuable, especially in the playoffs and his, and his basketball IQ, I think is between him and uh, Donovan Mitchell, Ricky, I still, I think Ricky Rubio's basketball IQ is the top on this team. Oh, Rubio's fantastic. Bar none. I think, and, and that is so valuable when the playoffs roll around is Dante Exum is going to be so valuable for a just leading that bench bench mob and just running people out of the gym but b it's there if somebody hasn't put their arm around exum and they said we believe you're going to be a star but the first step to being a star is making sure rubio play it only has to play 27 to 28 minutes mm-hmm. through the season you do that you're going i promise you a you're going to get a lot of minutes during the season and b you're gonna, we're going to have a really well, good year. He really just, I mean, I don't think anyone on this team besides Donovan Mitchell bends the defense like he does. He's so fast. 
And that's like, a good way just, to put it. I mean, yeah, not everything he does always kind of shows up, but he just is so quick and gets to the rim so fast that defenses do bend. And there's so much room for him to develop with just penetration and passing. He looks like his jump shot is at least looking more fluid. And we'll see if it can become con- like if he can actually make consistent shots this year on that jump shot. But if he does, my goodness, the it honestly, if he if he can shoot the ball, the sky's the limit with his physical talent because he really is so so physically gifted that and does things that I mean he's faster than Donovan. He's he's the fastest guy on the floor whenever he steps on the floor. And so if he can figure some of those things out, the there's a lot of potential there. So I agree. But Dante yeah. has to he has to limit the turnovers. He has to learn the offense better. He has to kind of understand and just get some experience. He's just not had that time to learn those things yet. So hopefully he can just stay healthy. All right. Who did you have at number five? Number five, I, I have Derek Favors. Or okay. are we jumping? And we did talk about that. We did Let's talk jump about to number four. Okay. Number four for me. Ricky Rubio is my number four. Oh, really? Yeah. I okay. Think, okay. <laughs> I think Ricky Rubio. I mean, that's four that he's a starter. Uh, I think Ricky I, Rubio. I know, but man, I still. Okay. Okay. Make your point. Make your point. Like we, we're <laughs> dueling on this one because this, this like everything else. I was like, yeah, this cool. This whatever. Okay. came okay, Throw down, man. Throw down. <laughs> I think Ricky Rubio is the fourth most valuable player on this team because I just feel like some of what he does gets replicated by other people. Uh, I think that uh, Rubio, if he plays like he did last year, becomes one of the, the most important players on the team. But I think that a lot of what he does can sometimes take away from what we need Donovan Mitchell to do. Uh, I think that like, I I don't know. I, I, I think Ricky Rubio is super valuable, but I just feel like there's three players that are more valuable in front of him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have okay. So I had, valuable. I have Joe Ingles at this position. I, I, okay. I have Joe Ingles because um, Joe Ingles, a, um, it, okay. So no one can shoot the ball in the NBA uh, and not named like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson from, from deep. Like uh-huh. Joe Ingles. Well, that's the thing. Period. Joe Ingles. If Joe Ingles plays well and shoots well, the Jazz win. That's just flat yes. out. Like if he sh- here's here's what I'm I'm scared with with Joe Ingles, and this is and and I kind of mentioned this earlier. Joe Ingles, my man, is getting older. Like he mm-hmm. he turns he turns thirty this year. Michael, yeah, you well, are he worried about turns age here. I am. What, dude, I've I've got to thirty four. I'm speaking to you from the future, man. And it's just, it just. I have a rebuttal for you this, from the but future. But uh, so he turns he turns thirty one this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually turns thirty one in twenty four days. Um, the the here's here's the thing that uh, the Jazz because he's getting older are going to worry more about his minutes. Last year he played more minutes in the NBA. At the at, at his oldest age, at age thirty, then he had he played seven more minutes a game than he had uh, the prior year. He played, and the prior year he played nine more minutes a game than he had a game. 
Uh, so, and he's playing it at the highest level. I think mm. what Utah's going to do is be like, we needed that last year, Joe. It was invaluable. But my hell, we're not going to do that again because we have you on a contract for two more years. <laughs> and we don't want anything. He hasn't had a bad injury. He hasn't had anything. And mm-hmm. knock on wood, you don't want it to happen again. I just made my dog dark. You hear that? Just This is how stupid my dog is. You but, done? Uh, you done, you dumb animal? Okay. So here's, here's the thing. Here's the thi- Well, I was going to say, here's my – here's the, the thing is, is he doesn't play a style that's particularly athletic. I, I think Joe Ingles is perfect if he plays 25 minutes a night because he can – at worst, you've got a top three shooter in the NBA hitting like 55% from the corner and and 40% from the from beyond the arc and the high part of the floor, whatever. He's just, at worst, he's the best shooter on the floor and doesn't have to do much. I think the wear and tear for Joe Ingles comes from the defensive end when you're asking him to guard mm-hmm. too many... S- quick players and so i think i that's why i think i agree a little bit with what you said about royce o'neill is that royce can take some of that pressure off of joe because joe was kind of tasked with guarding paul george in the playoffs and that's where i get scared that joe might run into an injury but offensively yeah, i want joe i want joe on their best player i want joe on their best wing in the fourth quarter but i don't want him um having to go like the first 25 minutes of that like mm-hmm. like I, I want him coming in like Mariano Rivera to clo- to to close on defense. I don't want him having to uh do reserve minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 have have to worry about his pitch count by the time you get to you know the la- the last quarter. Yeah, and that's I, that's why I worry about Joe, especially becoming 31. Yeah, he's he I mean 31. I mean I think he's still pretty I mean 31 is not too bad, but you're right. The and more his, you his, can preserve Ingles the better. Because you don't, yeah, and he's so valuable. You still have him for two fact. more seasons, you still have him after this season. You still have him for two more years, mm-hmm. and right now this contract is just gravy. It is. We talked about with Dennis Lindsay. He finds these guys and 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 he gets them on these contracts and overperforms, and and that's what Joe Ingles is doing. You, you want to make sure that you are on the right side of that for as long as possible, mm-hmm. because the, the worst case scenario is like. Joe Ingles has has an injury, you know, halfway through the year. You lose him. Utah doesn't do as well this year. And then you're trying to court, uh, you know, a big-time free agent to Utah. And instead of being like, yeah, we got Joe Ingles, who's going to keep you space, and you have this, you're like, oh, Joe Ingles is hurt. Royce O'Neal filled in. But, I mean, uh, he, he was a little overwhelmed for his position and this. So I think the biggest uh, – I do think Joe Ingles is a big, big part but I do think Ricky Rubio is next, and this is where we get to number three. And my, I, Ricky Rubio is the third most important dude on this team because of his leadership. There is no dude on this team, and I and like Ru, Rudy is the fire, but um, but Rubio is the steadiness. He is he is the steady hand at the wheel. Um, steering the ship during during the crazy calms, crazy storms when Rudy go waters when calms the waters Rudy when Rudy Gobert went went down when they went through all these injuries um, he had to come in after after uh, after Gordon Hayward the dude just like got this team and 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 they ride and die with Ricky 
it's kind of interesting that teams target Ricky when things are going bad. Like, yeah, Ricky talk probably talks a lot of shit. Like when no one's looking, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that. Like, it's not like he's like an unwilling participant and you're like, I'm going after this dude. Well, no one took more but, cheap shots than Ricky did last year. Yeah. I think Ricky is just like, he doesn't realize the straw that's about to break the camel's back. It probably gets his gets his his in, and then and then it really ramps up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but the but I do think Ricky his his uh, what he's able to bring to a locker room. Joe Joe is the the levity when is needed, but but Ricky Rubio when you when you hear that Donovan Mitchell learned more from Ricky Rubio than anybody else, mm-hmm. and that um that Rudy Gobert really listens to Ricky Rubio that Joe Ingles has a respect like right from the beginning when Ricky was traded over to Utah Joe Ingles respects Ricky like Ricky Ricky like I don't think there's anybody other than Quinn Snyder that could like probably dress somebody down in the locker room like Ricky and would and people would allow it like Quinn uh, 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 because he's just he is looked at like a second coach and by the end of the season, like he really understood the offense. He understood where people needed to be. He, um, he, he, he himself improved and learned how to not uh, push himself to remember how he's diving for every ball and going for it, every pass at the beginning of the season, getting roasted. And then he learned, he played within the offense. He improved. He is dude professional. And that's what, as much as I think Dante Exum is great, and Dante Exum might have star power. I don't think I think Dante Exum is going to be a super sub until Ricky is away from this team, just because Ricky just is the vet. He is uh, um, the Andre Iguodala of this of this Utah Jazz squad, mm-hmm. um, as Andre Iguodala was to those uh, Golden State Warriors teams when they were before they had won their first championship. He is. He is a vet that everyone is going to stop and listen to. Yeah, and with all that being said, he has to shoot the ball like he did the second half of the year. And I think one thing that we can count on is the fact that his turnovers were crazy at one point last season. Like, he was turning the ball over at just an alarming rate, and once he figured things out, it he was another player. And, and I think one thing we can be sure of is it's nice for Ricky to be have some consistency with his coaching and he can come in and he knows what he's supposed to do. And if the shooting follows, then I think you're right. I think Ricky Rubio is just so incredibly valuable. I just, for me, number three is Joe Ingles because I think, you know, you're going to get just elite shooting elite level defense on the best wing guy at the end of the game. Uh, a guy that honestly, true. he runs, he runs uh pick and roll with Derek favors that at times last year, absolutely obliterated teams and that's a play set that you can go to at will i I just to me joe ingles is just such a swiss army knife that but just like really big swiss army knife i I don't know very effective swiss army knife that like does everything and like you said like just like ricky uh joe ingles is just kind of that He's just a big presence and leader in the locker room. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, when when, when Joe Ingles showed up, because Joe Ingles roasts Donovan every day 
he roasts Donovan. But the first person to go pick him up from the airport was Donovan. And so I think he's just, I don't know. Joe Ingles, I hope, yeah. is on this team for another 10 years. And I don't know if he can. But don't forget, too, he is. I he played all 82 games last year. Uh, has not missed a game. Um, I'm going to look this up, but uh, he 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 started. Uh, he played in all 82. He only did not start one. Yeah, I, and then last year, and then the year prior, he played in all 82. The year, year before, before that, played 81. in 81. He's an he Iron in 79. He might be one of those guys that's yeah. just he's an Iron Man. The, I think you do have to be careful a little bit not to have him play too many minutes because um, he's not like. Joe Ingles is not I don't an Adonis. Think he should play physically. as many as he did last year. <laughs> He's not. No, I, I, I think I think last year, like I, I don't think last year was the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his minute uh, count went up because he went on that run. Well, and, I, and things things were going he well. He just plays better and, when he's not and so I, too many minutes. He just he he wears. The, yeah, you don't want to wear I, him down. Like right now, you're playing with house money with with uh, Joe Ingles' health. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it's better to to call it out to to leave the table and be like, okay, um, we we caught probably the most we're gonna get out of this. Now we're towards the end of his prime. This might be his last real prime year. Mm-hmm. So um, don't 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 f it up well we, we <laughs> just, keep saying that for, for lebron james and, get what and you it's want. the same with joe ingles because joe ingles is the best basketball player on the planet uh, joe, joe ingles is just yeah, he is he is he is a transcendent so for number so um number for, two uh, on, on my two uh, drum roll i have donovan mitchell you have donovan mitchell i have rudy gobert as our number two i have i have donovan mitchell just because um I think even I think Donovan Mitchell is going to take another step forward this year, but at the end of the day, when you think of this Utah Jazz squad, their identity is defense. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about both of these together because I have Rudy number one, you have Donovan number one. Um, I think uh, and I think Donovan uh, and this is one A and one B, but I think it Donovan Mitchell is just behind by a hair, just because. If this team does not have Rudy Gobert, this 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 team is not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and same with Donovan Mitchell. But I think you're going to lose way more games without Rudy Gobert than if you're without Donovan Mitchell. And I think it's because of that defense. And Rudy Gobert. That the difference between um, and we saw it last year. The Jazz were a rough, rough, rough lottery team. And I I still think they're like they play better actually with as a team if Donovan goes down for like ten or fifteen games mm-hmm. because they still have their identity in place. Dudes are like we we hunker down the defensive end and we get we get ish done. Versus like when um, if Rudy goes down, you're like okay, I guess we're gonna play Ekpe Udo and pray to God that he he <laughs> catches a ball in the paint mm-hmm. and and uh, it, it, so. And at guard, at guard, you still got you can have Dante Exum. He's not Donovan Mitchell, but you're still able to get some athleticism to keep your keep the um, offenses honest. And I think you're able to have Ricky Rubio still um, do some things. And I think Utah showed even when Donovan Mitchell wasn't on the court, they were able to make some big time runs mm-hmm. uh, just because of the way the offense is constructed. 
and the way the way the the system the system on offense works and makes good dudes great makes okay dudes good and um and so i think that's why but on defense you cannot in any way shape or form moneyball a rudy gobert you might be able to moneyball 80% of a donovan mitchell through the aggregate but you cannot moneyball a rudy gobert and that's i think this rudy gobert now by the end of the season i could definitely be wrong on this if donovan mitchell takes a huge step again mm-hmm. We might be being like, there is just nobody in this league other than, you know, top 10 guys in the league who's like Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still think Rudy Gobert is that he's he's number one on the totem pole. And that's not saying Don, that's just more to say that Rudy Gobert is the OG rather than Donovan Mitchell is not the OG. <laughs> I I well. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, it's kind of interchangeable for me a little bit. I think I have Donovan Mitchell as number one because I do think he's going to take a step up. Uh, Rudy Gobert is irreplaceable. The things that he does, um, the Jazz whole defensive scheme is based off of him and what he does. They literally invite people to go at Rudy Gobert because they know he is the best defensive player in the NBA. And that really matters. But I think that some of the things that really helped the Jazz in that second half of the season when they started winning, one was absolutely Rudy Gobert coming back and being his all-star, all-NBA center self. But also the fact mm-hmm. that Ricky Rubio at that time started figuring things out. The offensive started flowing. Donovan Mitchell won us games like the 41-point game against uh, the Pelicans. And I feel like... He just started putting this team on on his he back he was offensively, which the team was embraced him. just insane to see. And so I think that um, if Rudy Gobert is the most important player on this team, I think there's a ceiling to that. But if Donovan Mitchell, this is kind of like I hope Donovan Mitchell is this, because if Donovan Mitchell can become that just incredible force on offense that just bends defenses. Uh, scores you 25 points a night, uh, does things like he'll be, if he can be that same level of player of like James Harden and, and those guys that just are incredible offensive forces that just, um, force defenses to just, I mean, they just destroy other teams. Then on defense, if you add on the fact that you have Rudy Gobert on the back end with Donovan Mitchell in front, this team becomes title contender level. And, I just I just want to see Donovan Mitchell come. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to score 24 plus points per game this year because that's what he did once he kind of figured everything out. And I Donovan Mitchell has room to improve. He's only 22. I mean, it's just the sky's the limit Mm -hmm. for Donovan. And if he becomes a better facilitator, a better pull up three point shooter, then he becomes a low key MVP level type player. Uh I don't know. I just, I, if Donovan Mitchell can take this jazz offense to top six or seven in the NBA, then this team is the second best team in the Western conference easily. Yeah. I think the other thing too, that we don't talk about enough, like we're talking about with Donovan, like if he gets a reliable three point shot, we focus on the offensive end, but he came into the league wanting to be a defensive player. He said he wanted to be the defensive player of the year. He wanted to be all defense. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was his goal. It wasn't to be a dunk contest winner. It wasn't one to be a leading scorer. It wasn't to be, um, you know, points leader. He wanted to be 
he wanted to be a defensive player. And last year as a rookie, a lot of rookies just don't do well on the defensive end. And that was, um, if, if you look at his, uh, his defensive rating over the season versus offensive rating, he was in a deficit. In fact, you know, uh, in his defensive plus, uh, de- defensive box plus or minus, he also was a negative player. If that changes for next season, and I think it will because he, he now knows how teams can, can expose you on, 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 the, on the defensive end, the tricks that they use, screens, how to look for it. He's going to be an insane player. And, and, and if you're, and that's what, you know, talking about Dante Exum and Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal, you have guys now, guards, who on the perimeter are just as nightmarish as Rudy Gobert is in the center. Oh, that's the, and that is, that is insane. When you're looking at, at Utah, you're like, there is no dude on this defense who I can switch to. I'm going to get a break. If I switch on Jay Crowder's nightmare chef, I switch on Tabo's nightmare chef, I switch on O'Neal, on Mitchell, on Exum, on Rubio. I cannot escape this, this gauntlet of defensive guys versus on teams where it's like, you might switch. You're like, oh, th- thank God. I finally got Harden. I'm on Carmelo. Um, like, like you, you might get a break. Well, but on, uh, on, on, but on for Utah, they're like the the weak link is Grayson Allen and Alec Burks, and they're buried in the depth chart, or or, or Howell Neto, and so that's like your only hope is that somebody just does not have it a night where you might be able to get those guys onto the court. Uh, otherwise, it is going to be a hellacious forty eight minutes of basketball for you, and I think that's one of the things that they talked we've talked about with has been talked about with all the hype and all, everything on the season. Utah has elite defensive players, and it will shock me if they don't have more than just one all defensive player on uh, on the on the first and second team by the end of the season, because Rubio, Donovan, um, should definitely and Joe Ingles should definitely start to get some some love on that list just because of what they're doing, and they probably will now that the spotlight is more on them. Last year it was just it was kind of like this fluke of. How is Utah so good? And by the by the time the playoffs were over, people were like, "Oh, Utah is good because they're just they're defensively elite." Mm-hmm. And how do you you don't just get to that point with just one defensive player of the year? Like you have a lot of guys who are pulling their weight. Oh yeah, like the Warriors have Draymond Green, but they also have Andre Iguodala, who might be the best wing defender in the league. Uh, so and Clay Thompson is not Clay Thompson that as well. Clay Thompson well, is and so that's how it works and. But yeah, I, I, and I hear from people that are worried like, oh, well, the people are going to figure out Donovan or sophomore slump. How? What are they going to do that the Oklahoma City Thunder didn't do in the playoffs? It's like that scene in... Uh, and even, even the Houston Rockets could, didn't really figure him out. They just they shut just, everybody they else just, down. Like, They're like... They him <sighs> and the other players really didn't... They couldn't quite pull their weight, I guess, but... They didn't have Ricky. Yeah, we didn't have Ricky yeah, to they just didn't have a, another player who could. But it's really mm-hmm. like it's Rorschach in Watchmen, where he goes into the prison, and you got all these guys around him saying, "Like, oh, we're gonna pick on this guy," and he says, "No, you're stuck in here with me, and you've got to deal with what I do." And OKC couldn't stop it. Houston couldn't stop it. The Jazz just need mm-hmm. the other players on their team to pull their weight. If Ricky Rubio 
can pl- be the player post all-star break that he was and and not get injured in the playoffs if dante exum can be the player that he was the last six seven games of the season when he came back remember that that stretch when he came back and he was just lights out and then the okc series he didn't have the greatest series but then when he guarded harden he really just flourished if we get that this team becomes i mean honestly coming to utah and play the jazz is going to be just a nightmare for other teams because on one end you have to guard yeah, and, donovan and, 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 and the and other you have to go against is. rudy it's like oh my god because playing the Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets or the Milwaukee Bucks, teams that go up, get up and down the court really quickly, that's fun. And that's fun for young players and, and older players alike. Like, that's a fun basketball. No team wants to go to Utah and have to grind out a mm-hmm. win. It's completely counter to what the entire NBA is doing. And so you go into Utah and you're like, I'm having to deal with the altitude. We're usually on the last game of our road trip. And I have to, I have to, like, I'm going to get killed on screens. I'm going to, um, I'm going to have to watch out for Rudy Gobert at every pass. Weak side, I'm going to have to worry about favors. And then they have their, their, their wings that are just long and they, they can just, and, and they got a whole bench full of mm-hmm. them. I'm going to have to deal with, and then I'm going to have to deal with Joe Ingles trash talking. I'm going to have to deal with Jay who thinks he's a tough guy. I'm going to have to like, there are so many things just that are just not fun about Utah. And then, Oh, by the way, there's no nightlife uh, here. And um, you're going to be in your room for most of the night before you have to. So it's not going to be a fun trip. And, and it feels like Utah's whole identity, which is awesome is built about being like, it's just, Welcome to hell. Welcome to frozen hell. It's the new grindhouse. And it's just it it is. Have fun. Have fun avoiding is getting dunked on by Donovan too, who's up a highlight player. Guys aren't want to get get aren't going to want to get crossed up and show up on Sports Center. Like Donovan is going to be an all star this year. There's my hot take. Donovan Mitchell is going to be an all star, and the the I I think he's an all star, and I think people are going to try to find ways to get him into the all star game. I don't even think it's like, well, who do we leave out? I think it's going to be like Donovan's an all-star. Um, whoever else is getting in, they're not going to get past him. So he's a guaranteed. The way we looked at it before, when we looked at the all-star team, we're like, man, who are you going to leave out? I think Donovan this next year is going to be that dude where people are like, he's guaranteed in. So who are you leaving out? Exactly. Like, I, He is going to be so good this year, and he's going to be the best offensive player on the second best team in the Western Conference. You can't have a team be number two in the mm-hmm. in in the Western Conference with how good it is and not make an All Star team. That's ridiculous. Like people keep trying to Agreed. say, I like, Agreed. I sometimes I'm kind of flabbergasted. It feels like there are some people, like people who don't understand how the Jazz got as far as they did and won as many games as they did with as many bad players, according to some people they have. <laughs> like just just so people know, <laughs> they're really good all-star level players they play a system that doesn't um always adhere to like having a guy like james harden score you know 60 points in a game that's not quite how the system works but donovan mitchell is such a dynamic offensive talent that he does go off on nights uh especially with bad matchups he just roasts guys and we're gonna see we're gonna see like four or five 40 point games this year from donovan mitchell that's just gonna happen yeah, it, it, 
it's going to be, I think it's going to be an awesome season. So that's our rankings. Let us know what you think about them. Do you hate them? Do you like them? Do you think we rated people way too high? Do you think we love XM too much? Probably. But hey, huh, yeah, that's, this is what it is. You can never love this, X. This is just what it is. You're, you're like, like, if, loving, like this, this podcast is like the SOC Punks and Exum Fanboy Show. So, um, <laughs> so uh, like always, uh, hit us up on uh, – give us a good review on the good old iTunes. You can listen to us on the good old SoundCloud. Also, check us out at slcdunk.com. Follow us on Twitter at slcdunk, on Facebook at slcdunk. And then also on Instagram at SLC Dunk. The season is almost here, y'all. It is almost here. You can taste it. So, like mm. always, hope you guys have a good week. Don't get yourself into trouble. Actually, do get yourself in trouble. That's always the best part. Okay, peace out, y'all. Bye.